Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, where we do our best to answer your burning questions in today's Quarantine Diary. Joining me to my left, and if you're watching, I guess maybe to your right, is a person who probably never imagined when she bought this table for our little guy, Wit, that it would actually make the perfect podcasting setup for our Quarantine Diaries. Yeah, so now we just need another table because Wit really misses eating at his table. Yeah, you guys can't see it on the quarantine or on IGTV if you're watching it, but the table that we have set up here is his little kitchen table. Like we tried a bunch of different stuff and finally it was his kitchen table that worked best for us to put the microphones on and for it to be super portable so he doesn't have anywhere to eat. But we have a podcasting setup. So if you guys are listening for the first time, these are Quarantine Diaries that come out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can watch it live or not live. You can watch it, though, on IGTV or you can listen in the podcast stream. And these are shorter form, unedited, unthought about, unprepared for, I guess I should say. Ones. And today we definitely haven't prepared because these are just reader questions. Yeah. So we decided to put up the sticker on Instagram. Ask us anything. We had so many responses that we're actually going to split up these questions into a couple of episodes so that they're just a little bit shorter and you can just watch them. And I mean, hopefully they're shorter. I don't think that we could talk. I mean, we could talk for a long time about anything. You would be surprised. <laughs> we are going we right now have 30 over 30 questions. So we're going to split it up and do 10 at a time during each episode. So these will come out back to back to back. So we'll hit all 30 of those questions. And then some of the questions that you all submitted were so good that we're going to take that specific question and turn it into its own episode because it needed a little more time. For example, someone asked uh, if we could only live in one state or what was our favorite state. We're going to take that and we're going to flush that out a, li- a bit bigger yeah. and have it be its own. Trav episode. loves these open ended questions and he doesn't like to just give one answer. He wants to count down to his number one. So, yes, we've decided to do some longer podcasts on some of those really good questions in there that can be expanded on a bit. Yeah. So here we go. Counting our first 10 reader questions. We just took those in no particular order. They were just they were just randomized. Um, question number one comes from at Teofil double zero and they ask how many languages do you speak so unfortunately this is a little embarrassing i only speak one language it's english and i studied french in high school and a little bit in college don't really remember very much of it definitely i'm not fluid we lived in japan for two years and again not fluid in that skoshi hanashimas yeah we speak very a little (laughs) bit of japanese uh, like Heather, I only speak one. Um, yeah, so uh, if you listen to this podcast, if you listen to our Mean Reviews episode, maybe you would even argue the fact that we don't speak <laughs> English that well. Some people <laughs> said we say like too much or you know or whatever. So um, we both only speak one language fluently. So there you go. It's yeah. English. But one of my dream things to do is to live somewhere for maybe a month or two and just immerse ourselves there. And my first choice would be to do that in Corsica. For whatever reason, when we were there, I really wanted to stay for like two months and just learn French. So someday, maybe. We did our immerse ourselves in Japan and we were there for two years. And we Japanese, in my opinion, is a lot harder to learn, read and write than French. So I'm not up for the Japanese challenge, but the French challenge, I feel I could I could do that. Question number two. What's the most insane thing you have done while traveling for the experience? This is another person with a zero in their name. 
palindrome, but the O is a zero. We're on a little bit of a trend here. Zeros in your names. Thank you, palindrome with a zero. Most insane thing you've done while traveling for the experience. Well, you are definitely a lot more adventurous. So I would say I'm not. Really? Well, I feel eating. like I've done more adventurous activities, but I don't actually think I'm inherently more adventurous, and I'm not sure why that is. You've also been pregnant for the last couple of years. Yeah, so what's the most insane thing? I, I have to think about this. I mean, you've eaten random things in countries. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with not something that I ate, though, okay. and I'm going to go with here's one. We did a whole podcast episode on this, so you can listen to it. It's called Why We Travel. And it was a day in Georgia, and we were on this random Mashrutka, which is a little passenger van going out to the wine region. And a lady invited us back to her house. And she's like, oh, just get off at of this stop with me. Come back to my house. Meet my family. And we were like, oh, do we do that? Like, do we do this? We have no idea how mm -hmm. we're going to get further or anything like that. And we just looked at each other and we're like, let's just say yes. So we did. And yeah. we ended up having an amazing time. Ate dinner with her family. Had her uncle come and pick us up in an old Soviet-era Lada Jeep mm -hmm. and, like, drove us around the mountains of Georgia yelling, Kilimanjaro! <laughs> every time why. he saw a mountain and dropped us right off at the doorstep of our guest house, like, later that evening. So yeah. I would say it might not be, like, adrenaline junkie insane, but mm -hmm. just the decision to get off a bus in the middle of nowhere in a country where we had no idea what was happening with someone we had never met before, that was... That was, yeah, I think that's the most insane thing. Yeah, and I mean, we've also been on one of the top 10 most dangerous roads, also in Georgia, which I'm not sure if I would want to do again with the kids, but probably we would. And another thing that we did with the example of just saying yes was when we were in um, Montenegro, and we took that trail to buy the cheese, mm. and again, we had shots of um, rakia with some farmers who <laughs> lived there they spoke no english whatsoever and we stayed for about two hours just kind of having gestures conversation by using gestures we didn't really i mean we s spoke none no, of their no language serbian croat, yeah. yeah so anyway just hard just, to believe just to no do, serbian croat but yeah just to do those two of the best days we've ever had two of mm -hmm. the most authentic experiences yeah. we ever had just came yes. from just saying hey, we're going to take this this opportunity that's presented to us and we have no idea where it's going to lead. Yeah. So great question, palindrome with a with a zero. Um, Number three. Go ahead. Best travel mishap when it comes to a language barrier. This is at Lynn Disney. With multiple Ys <laughs> at the end. Uh, man, we are on themes. Like These are totally random how they were got put on this list, but we've been talking language a little bit here. Travel mishap when it comes to to language well there was one time when we were taking the overnight train from we were in Bratislava and we were taking it down to split and it wasn't really a mishap because nothing bad really happened but we almost missed moving train cars because the train like only half of the train was going to move on and <laughs> like the very last minute some other traveler saw that we were the only people left in this train car and he spoke English and he said listen you guys if you're going all the way to split you need to move train cars so we moved train cars at the very last minute and then when we got to the border of Croatia it stopped and these guards came on to check our passports, but they had guns and they were like really just angry and mean and they didn't speak any English. We didn't really even know what they wanted. And it turns out they wanted to see our passports. But, you know, it was just kind of that whole trip was a little 
Yeah, I, I and nobody that. spoke English. Like none of the the workers on the trains or the security officers or the guards, you know, the border patrol, none of them spoke English because I don't think that was a very well traveled. The the Bratislava route. overnight yes. train to split <laughs> Croatia, not the not b- that's brimming not a with tourist. tourists. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. I, that's gonna, the one that came to mind first for me. That's a, I totally forgot about that fact that we mm-hmm. there was another time we were on a train that then split. I think it was it was in Western Europe can't remember where again where we like it split half the train was going one way half the train was going another way and we didn't know and somehow everyone else got off the train and we were sitting there thinking what's happening (laughs) and someone came and saved us thankfully um i'm gonna go with it's actually not our story but i want to give a sheet a shout out to two people we met in myanmar um Lisa and Josh. So I got to tell their story. I, this is great. I don't even remember this. All right. We met them in Myanmar. I remember Lisa and Josh. I don't remember the and story. And they, before we had met them, they had gone into a part of Myanmar that you, you can't go in certain parts of it. But they had like entered this one spot over a border and you could only spend a little bit of time in this one spot, but it was like basically closed out. Like you couldn't go into the rest of the parts of Myanmar from there. So why they're up there, I don't even know. They're pretty adventurous. Anyway, they said it was their first day in Myanmar. They get this place. No one speaks English at all and they someone brings them out a menu of what they and they said it had been like 24 hours they trekked around to get here they had i remember this now because i remember what they ended up getting yeah they they pointed they were so hungry (laughs) and the guy you know they're trying to tell him they want some food so the guy hands him a menu and they're like well let's just point at two things so they point at two different items and the guy (laughs) brings them out a pack of cigarettes and was it a piece chocolate of chocolate cake? cake? <laughs> so they had a pack of cigarettes and a piece of chocolate cake. I don't cake think either one of them smoked. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a funny story. Yeah. Language is is really fun to experience when you're traveling. Sometimes it can be frustrating. Uh, it, it helps if you learn a few phrases to the country that you're going. But, yeah, we definitely are not the best when it comes to learning languages. Th- there are a lot of language mishaps we had in Japan. But oh, they, for I kind, sure. they kind of we gloss over them in our memory because we were there for two years. And when something happens every day, it just, <laughs> it kind of becomes commonplace. Sure. Great question, question. Lynn Disney. Number four from MJ Galloway. Thanks for the question. Do you plan on homeschooling the kids so you aren't restricted on travel? This is actually a question that we get mm-hmm. asked a, a lot time. by like listeners and just regular people in our life. Yeah, just those regular people in our life. Well, I mean, people <laughs> just who, like our friends and family. Yes, people who um, know us outside of EPOP. Like, yeah, yeah, we get asked this question a lot. So first of all, what's two? So we have a solid two and a half. Three, two and a half. So we have a solid like three to four years before he would even start kindergarten, especially because his birthday is in October. So he would not go until he was almost six. That being um, said, it is a little crazy that we're almost halfway to him starting know, school from true. when he was born. Because I remember when he was born, uh-huh. people would ask us this question. I said, listen. I got like six years. Now we're saying we got three. Three, three years. Um, in my opinion, I would homeschool the kids in the beginning, like for kindergarten, first grade. But after that, I mean, especially once they start getting into, you know, when they're a little bit older, they might want to do sports and things like that and activities. I And I don't really want to homeschool. So in my opinion, I would do it maybe for one to two years. But after that. I don't really want to. Something people might not know. Most people might not know this, that you were actually homeschooled for a little bit. One year. Yeah. One year. In between uh, changing schools. And I, what, how I old were you it. at that point? I was in 10th uh, grade. And interestingly yeah. enough, uh, my 11th grade year, my best fr- two of my best friends, one 
went got homeschooled for one year, his 11th grade year, because mm-hmm. he wanted to play hockey more and become a pretty good goalie. The other had been homeschooled all his life. So I've been around homeschooling a lot, too. Um, I almost homeschooled that 11th grade year. I, I just my mom was like, no, I don't want <laughs> you to. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But uh, I don't have anything against it. My answer to this question is that we don't know. I think that we will start really seriously looking at some options. Like Heather mentioned, if if you know, there's all types of homeschooling, road schooling, obviously virtual school. Mm-hmm. So they're attending with other people, but they're not being taught by us. I, I we even know people who they do go to like a, a regular public high school, but because they travel a lot, the high school's been really lenient with them. So like they they kind of hybrid some homeschool, but they're they're in a school. Thankfully, nowadays, and honestly, one of the things that comes out of this quarantine is that people realize that stuff can be done very virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know the answer to it, but I I don't imagine that our children would go all 12 years yeah. of school at, at the exact same school in a traditional school. sense. Yeah, probably They could. Not. I'm not against yeah. it. We were both public school teachers, so we have nothing against mm-hmm. public school, but I just don't envision that it being a straight yeah. 12 years and old. I don't envision us schooling them. And also, it just depends on our kids, right? You know, we'll ask them what they prefer. And, you know, maybe they want to be homeschooled or maybe they want to go to a traditional school. So we have to keep that in mind as they get older. Um, at least that's what yeah. I think. So, so. yeah, uh, if you have thoughts on that, please ping us at Extra Pack of Peanuts. Let us know because we are starting to look at what might be some options for mm-hmm. wit in kindergarten, first grade, second yeah. grade. And so we're halfway through the questions and we're already at 13 I minutes. I wanted yeah. to do five each, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll do 10. We'll get through All right. Uh, five. How did you and Heather meet at Great Bit 12? We met in college, so it's not really that exciting. Nothing <laughs> we, that crazy. We ha- lived in the same dorm and Trav was on the second floor. I was on the third floor. We had the same majors, actually, both secondary education and history double majors. So we just ended up having a lot of classes together. The school that we went to is not very big. So we ran into each other a lot and became friends and then started dating. There is one funny story with this, though. Uh, I was in the, my dorm room with my roommate and Heather and her friend Jen had just. Who was my roommate? Who, who was your roommate had just transferred in. And so he was looking out the window. He's like, oh, look at those two girls like they're in our dorm, this and that. Oh, we should we should go on a double date. And I looked down and Heather and Jen were both all gussied up, like dressed really nice. All right. They were stylish. They Uh were they had fashion sense. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Trav's wearing duct taped slide sandals, plastic slide sandals, a tie dye shirt. And I had hair Mm -hmm. down past my shoulders and probably wearing multiple hemp necklaces. So (laughs) I was like, Brian, you've got to be kidding me. Like. They are so not my type. You're crazy. That is true. And that is exactly what I said to him. And Mm -hmm. then uh, a couple months later, we started dating. Yeah, it's true. Crazy. literally said she's not my type. Opposites attract. Opposites attract. And here we are. How many years later? A lot. Yeah, we are coming up on our 10-year anniversary, but we've actually been together since we, well, let's not age ourselves. Since we were 21. 16 16 years. 16 years. So, yeah. Long uh, time. Yeah. Question number six. Also from Great Bit Twelve. Some of you asked multiple questions. Thank you for that. Uh, we that was great. Uh, what is the story of moving to Japan? So we decided that we wanted to live abroad in another country for an extended length of time, a year or more. And the only way at the time that we knew of doing this was teaching. And we were both teachers. So we decided to teach English. And Japan just happened to be the country with the one of the best 
programs out there for teaching abroad. Uh, we did it through the JET program, which is through the Japanese government. And it was, you know, a high paying cons- compared to other countries. Right. Like we, we like most people, maybe not like most people, but we, uh, s- we people that we knew had talked about mm-hmm. teaching English in like Spain, Italy, Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. We had looked into all that. Most of them were really low paying mm-hmm. and at, at smaller schools and, you know, maybe that school would close down. So eventually my buddy Nick, who's been on this podcast quite a bit, uh, he said, hey, I did the JET program in Japan for a year after college. You guys should look into it. And Heather and I were both like, well, we don't really have much interest in going to Japan. Specifically, you know, we weren't Japanophiles or anything. We were interested in Europe. But I had lived in Switzerland for four months. I'd come back. I was selling vacuum cleaners door to door. That's a story <laughs> for another day. Um and we're like, let's let's go abroad. And so we applied to JET and we got in. And so we just figured this is going to be an adventure. We know very little about Japan. We had never been to Asia at all. Mm-hmm. And we thought, all right, this is going to be completely unique. And so yeah, we did it. That's that's the story of how we moved there. And we do have a few podcasts. If you guys are listening, you could scroll back through them. Uh, they were, you know, probably three or four years ago about teaching English in Japan, if you're interested in that. And also a Japan, it's called a Japan Survival Guide. So that's for anyone who's traveling to Japan. Some of our best tips and tricks there. So check that out. Uh, number seven, Heth, read it out. What's the best part of traveling with kids by at K short eight. So I have one that is, that just comes to mind and it it might not be something that you would think of traditionally when traveling with kids. But one thing that I love about traveling with our kids and they're both really little, but with, especially with wit, we traveled a lot in his first two years of life. And so... Not so much with Hattie in her first nine months. She's mm, been a quarantine baby. She's been to Florida yeah. and Canada and, and New England. That's it. But the best part of traveling with kids when they're this little is that I can so easily remember what milestones they had hmm. based on where we were at the time. So, for example, I know when Wit started pulling himself up on his own because we were in Kelowna, British Columbia and um, some other things. But I-, I can just remember exactly what month, uh, what age he was, depending on where we were. Also, Instagram helps with that. But that's really fun because then I can specifically think back to a time and it's not just like all uh, blended together because we were at home the whole time. We were in some really cool places like we were in Majorca when he did this. And so that's kind of fun to put those together. Does that make sense? Totally. I, your memory is really good anyway. Um, and it's it's interesting how you remember stuff because it's different than how I do. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's a great point. Not one that I would have thought about. Yeah, I was thinking more on unusual. the ground, which yep. is pretty. Uh, I'll give you two quick ones. One is that anytime you travel with anyone else and, you know, kids or parents like we've traveled with my parents quite a bit, too. One of the things I like about traveling with other people is that if you've been somewhere before, you can start to see it like you can almost see it through their eyes. Now, with kids, what's interesting is, you know, Wit, for example, he was eight months old when we were in Budapest. He's not going to remember that at all. He was seven months old. Okay. See? She remembers. Uh, (laughs) Seven months old when we were in Budapest. And, you know, crazy sleep deprived, jet lagged, you know, it was horrible (laughs) for all of us. But... He's not going to remember it, but even just me being up at 10 a.m., pushing him as he's passed out in a stroller while Heather's back at the apartment sleeping because she was up with him all night, you know, it was a different experience for me than if I was there on my own. And so, you know, you just, the things you do are different. Yeah, different activities completely. Dif- right. Completely. Like you're, you might spend time at a, a park. Like another, another example, when we were in Croatia, 
uh, out in in uh, Zagreb. We went to a park our last day a there. Playground. And sp- playground and spent a few hours there, which we wouldn't do on our own. So you get to see a different slice of life. And then if you're traveling with someone older, I know this wasn't the question, you know, like with our parents, if when we took them to Japan or we took them to Croatia, somewhere we've been before, it was really cool to show them around and see them see things mm-hmm. for the first time because we weren't as focused on what our experience was seeing it because we had already seen it. We were like watching them experience something and that was a pretty that was pretty cool and so as the kids get older Mm -hmm. and they'll start to form memories we get to do that with them the second thing is oh boy really quickly (laughs) are you able to talk about anything really quickly the second thing is that this is going to sound bad you kids kind of act as a prop so when you're out and about with a kid especially if you're in a country where you don't speak the language as much and, and you're you know our kids are props now and you and you just it's an easy way like people pay attention it's a to magnet. you it's they, a magnet. they come up and they say hi they oh your kid's so cute so mm-hmm. it's an inroads to locals and local experiences mm-hmm. that you might not have otherwise because it it puts your guard down and it gives people a reason and a talking point to come up and, mm-hmm. and just say something to you yeah. so that's so nice we're too. not picking up you know significant others with our children no but we are I'm picking not, up least, <laughs> we're not pick, we're picking up travel buddies is travel what I was buddies say. there you go so uh, so so there's just some really good answers off the yeah. cuff for that i gotta give it give wow. us some, yeah. give us some credit there good job trav number eight from kavya pralad and we have three questions from you but one is going to be a longer form question because it was such a great one mm-hmm. but here's here's a shorter one she just asks Asia or Europe? And I feel like we could do this as a debate oh, show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we definitely could. This is a really, really tough question. Asia or Europe? I know. Uh, so I'm just going to say as quickly as I can, we've spent m- the most time in both of these you know, continents, in Europe and Asia. And I'm going to pick Europe, but only because it's closer <laughs> to get to. Asia, I love especially Southeast Asia specifically is one of my favorite places to go in the world, but it's very, very far away. And now that we have kids, I mean, we'll still go eventually, of course. And we were actually planning on going to, um, to New Zealand, which isn't in Asia. I know, but it's kind of in like like a really long trip, but I'm going to choose Europe just because it's closer. You can get there in six to 10 hours from the East coast. So yeah, I'm going Europe. Man, this, I mean, like we're talking continents. We've never done continents in our throwdown showdowns. Mm-hmm. It's always been in these countries. Maybe we'll have to g- dive deeper on this. I'll go Asia then. And okay. I'll go Asia for one simple reason. To me, it's a bit more exotic and unique from our experience here sure. growing up in the U.S. Yep, totally. Obviously, Europeans have totally different experiences, especially if you get to Eastern Europe and some of the more remote places. Mm-hmm. But... There's there's stuff that you can see in Asia that just would be a complete 180 from yeah. from what we'd experience in the U.S. One of that being one of that being one of the reasons we went to Japan was sure. and it was completely different from our from any experience we would have had. So great question that might deserve its own show. Yeah, you might hear that coming onto the long form podcast at some point. Number nine favorite beer of all time. Also by at Kavya Pralad. Um. I think just off the top of my head, I'm going to have to go with one of our local breweries, Hidden River. They had a guava sour IPA one time. Mm. They had this because they are really experimental with their beers and they don't do a lot of the same ones over and over. And that was probably the best beer I've ever had. 
Yeah. So there are, oh man, there are a few beers that I've ranked a five out of five. Like you have it and it's just, it's as good as it's going to get. That Guava Sour IPA at Hidden River was one. This Passion Fruit Sour IPA that they did was maybe as good, if not better. Um, But what I am going to do is give you... (laughs) So, But that was your answer. So I'm just... Hidden River is the best. We love it. I'm going to give you one that kind of really kicked off our beer fanaticism. Mm -hmm. And that is Lawson's Sip of Sunshine. And so... Tiny little story behind this again. Maybe it's not that tiny. We started becoming a little bit of beer nerds, and uh, it was very hard to get Hetty Topper, which if you're a beer nerd, you've heard about because it, it was kind of the white whale forever. We're going back to... a couple years here. Yeah, we're going about four years back. Um, but Lawson's was also from Vermont, less well-known, equally hard to get, and mm-hmm. Heather's sister brought us both of them because she lives up in New Hampshire. So she went across the port in Vermont, found these, brought them down to us. We were so excited for Hetty Topper. We had kind of heard a sip of sunshine, but we're like, ah, oh, this cool can, whatever, like give us some Hetty Topper. And we're like, so we had the Hetty Topper, like this is really good. Then we tried the sip of sunshine and it was even better. Mm-hmm. So that was the first beer that I ever had where I thought, I don't know if anything can get better than this. Now, beer drinking has progressed since then. Mm-hmm. Our palates have changed. I've had it since then. It's still very good, but it's not exactly the style I want. That being said, like in the moment when yeah. I had it, I said this is the best I've ever had. Right. Lawson Sip of Sunshine. Easier to get now. Now we can actually get it in our grocery storage, which yeah, is crazy. Only four crazy. years later. Number 10, the last question for this episode. What is your strategy for Airbnb right now? And two people asked this question at Younger PA and at the CP Kitchen. So, yeah, Airbnb is taking quite a hit during COVID-19, obviously. So a couple strategies that we have in place. First of all, we had a really good year last year. So all of the money that we made for from the Airbnbs last year is still sitting in a bank account. So if this year inevitably will probably be not a great year, we can offset that by using the profit from last year. Yeah, I, it's probably going to eat our entire profit from last year. Yeah. That being said, at least you're at some zero. Sure. Um, so the other thing that we're doing, or a few other things that we're doing, is in PA, they have said that you have to rent for 30 days or more, um, except for a few certain exceptions, healthcare workers, military, mm-hmm. people like that, you can rent shorter. So most people aren't traveling for vacation right now, especially not to the Northeast. So we have been able to get people in longer term, but we have cut our prices crazy dramatically. Yeah. So, for example, Barely covering probably the expense of oh, running them. Not even. not even. Yeah. So essentially what you would maybe have paid for a three day weekend at one of our places, you could get it for the whole month now. <laughs> Not great for us as business owners. That being said, it's better you know, $1,500 or $1,000 is better than zero. So right now we're just trying to mitigate as much of the damage as possible. Get people in there, you know, especially get people in there who, who need to be in there. So we have a lot of nurses and people coming through. We have a buddy who uh, is from England and can't go back right now. So he's been staying in one of our Airbnbs for this is the second month he's been there. So we kind of try to look at the positive and say, mm-hmm. all right, uh, you know, it's not great for us from a business perspective, but altruistically, we are able to help people out who need this housing. They're getting a good deal. It's people who, who you know, are in a bit of a tough spot and or putting themselves on the front line to help fight this uh, pandemic. So 
we just kind of chalk it up to that's what it is yep. and uh, hope for the best once it lifts. And the other maybe silver lining is that Airbnb was getting really, really competitive in most places, but especially in Philadelphia and some of the bigger cities. And so our hope is that a lot of the supply people, you know, this, this, not that we want anyone's business to go down the tubes, no. but there are going to be a lot of people that can't sustain this because they haven't been in it long enough. And so they just got into it and they're not able to keep their stuff as Airbnb. They're not able to have it on Airbnb. Maybe they have to rent long, long term to people. And so when people do start traveling, there's less supply. The demand comes back. And so we're even more booked up. That's the goal. Yeah. You never yeah. know. Um, thank you all for your questions. It's so much more fun just to an answer questions yeah. rather than like sit here and try to come up with topics on our own. So we have two more shows where we're answering questions and maybe more if you keep submitting them. Sure. Um, and then, of course, we're going to go into a bit of the longer form ones on specific questions. So keep listening. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the mm -hmm. Quarantine Diaries come out on IGTV. They also come out in the podcast feed. And then don't forget... We also have our regular Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast that will be coming out every Tuesday as well, and you can get that. That's just in the podcast so that's feed. That's not on IGTV. four out of seven days of the week that you could be <sighs> listening and or watching us. So Thank you, guys. We, we will we'll say thank you. We'll also say this, though. If you've been listening and you've listened to over three shows, all right, so only people have listened to over three shows, do us a solid, do us a favor, Leave us a review on iTunes or however you're listening to it, but especially iTunes. That helps. It's the biggest podcast search engine. We're trying to get to 1,000 reviews. Mm -hmm. We had 511 when we did our Mean Reviews episode. Yep. We jumped up to 581, mm -hmm. so 70 people. Thank you. The, uh, the rest of the 419 of you, and we know how many people are listening. Yes. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands. Please, do us a favor. <laughs> Just go. Leave a review. It takes you two minutes. Thank you all. All right. Until next time. Bye.